music for the baby in any room. You play Ride the Lightning by Metallica? back to A-Sides. Andy and Brent here again. And uh, for this episode, we're going to follow up on our last one where we talked about our favorite debut albums. Now we're going to talk about our favorite sophomore albums. Hell yes, we are, Andrew. And I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. I feel like I I got a little bit more... uh, I don't know. The debut albums, I think, came to me too quickly. Oh, really? To where I didn't really think about it as much. Yeah. And this one, I think I might have done the opposite, where, like, last time you had rules okay, as to, like, like not picking a band, their debut album. If, like, yeah, like super were, like, groups or something or, like yeah, that. Yeah. So I kind of did the same thing with this one, hmm. because a, a lot of what I came across when going through, like, some of my favorite sophomore albums was, you know, especially like in the late 80s, early 90s, it seems like so many bands, their second album was actually an EP. Like they followed up their debut with an EP. Or a band's debut would be an EP. And so then I'm like, well, what what criteria are we following here? Because like if you... Oh shit, I think I know what one you're going to go with now. Well, because it's... Yeah, I mean, (laughs) well, there's a lot that... That kind of this this fucked this up. Like I decided that I wasn't gonna count EPs. Oh, okay. And then I also decided that I am gonna count EPs in the sense that if a band released an EP as their first or second album, then I wasn't gonna count like their technically their second album. Like so so one example. Okay. I had a couple different examples. A few of them actually. So like. Nine Inch Nails was a big one, because honestly, their Broken EP is like one of my favorite things they've ever put out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but it doesn't then, have like, Get Down, Make Love on there, too, I think. No, it's that so, was a B-side for Sin. The, it's the, the orangey one yeah. looking, right? I'm trying to think of it. It's, it's the one with, like, uh, Wish was... Yeah, it's got, like, 60-some little second song things or something, like tracks, and then the last one's, like, way oh, at the end, right? Yeah, it was, like, 98, 99. I actually... It yeah. was really funny, because I owned that for, like... A while before I realized there was the two secret songs. Like one day I just yeah. forgot to shut it off, and all of a sudden, and I thought that the CD stopped, and all of a sudden another song kicked on. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I was so excited because yeah. I had already just wore that fucker out. Like, I don't know. It's just one of my favorite things. And so obviously, like, some people are going to be like, well, it's an EP, man. It doesn't count. And like, yeah. if you're like reading like a band's Wikipedia page or something, for example, like it's going to say Downward Spiral is the sophomore album yeah and i love that album too so i was like well i'm just gonna make it easier to narrow it down to five and say that that just disqualifies both of those fuck it oh okay and then i did the same thing with like alice and chains because of sap and then dirt i love dirt dirt's yeah. my favorite thing probably i mean I don't, it's tough because they really have a pretty flawless yeah catalog especially in the lane years and then like motorhead being one of my favorite bands it was the same kind of deal because it's like okay to me like overkills their sophomore album and one of my favorites but then you got to remember that they released on parole Mm. with the original lineup technically before recutting everything and putting out their debut 
album. And so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll disqualify them. And then another one that was really kind of a weird one, um, the Wild Hearts, which this one's bizarre to me because, like, I went down a whole rabbit hole of just, like, looking tons of shit up once I started thinking about this. Like, oh, yeah, what other bands are like this, you know? So I'm reading, like, you know, seeing, like, what Wikipedia or certain websites would count as a debut album. Like, if anyone would actually count an EP, and I know this sounds like I'm, I'm overthinking this, but this made it easier for me to actually narrow okay. it down <laughs> to five albums instead of coming in here with, like, six honorable mentions or something on top of my top five. Right. So... Like, with the Wild Hearts, it was really funny because their debut EP, um, Don't Be Happy, Just Worry, okay? That thing, it was weird because I couldn't even find it listed anywhere. Like, you go to their Wikipedia, it was acting like it didn't exist in their discography and hmm. stuff. And I'm like, that's so bizarre. So, they would count, like, Earth versus the Wild Hearts as the debut album and to me i'm like well no that's their sophomore album and that absolutely would have made my list but then i'm like all right fuck it i'm disqualifying that one too (laughs) so this is just like you know kind of crazy i guess all these weird rules and stipulations that i put in there but i don't know if i could have i don't know if i could have ever narrowed it down to five if i didn't come up with some kind of yeah, extra because it criteria. just was too hard, yeah. man. There's so many great albums, and then there's bands like, like one I'll say a couple honorable mentions, even though I just rattled off a bunch of albums. <laughs> but like Pearl Jam's Versus, okay, their second album, still my favorite thing they've ever done. Probably truly the only album of theirs that I absolutely fucking love front to back. I love the debut as well, but like I really still love the second one, yeah. you know. And then, you know. Like Shotgun Messiah's Second Coming, that album's like a kind of a little hidden gem, you know, that is really fucking great. And every time I put it on, I'm like, God, this is such a great fucking record. <laughs> but those, you know, then I had to weigh them against like these other five, and they were, you know, I'll, I'll admit, man, like Pearl Jam Versus is definitely like my honorable mention because that one almost, like it kind of went on and off and on and off. And yeah, that's one I thought of later, but I didn't really want to cross anything off my list. So I was just like, eh, you know. Yeah. I love it, but I don't have an attachment to it. So those are my criteria. Was I just wrote down uh, the first like basic five I thought of, and then how I thought of other ones. I was like, well, I have more attachments uh, to these ones. Right. So. I'm going to go with those more. That's kind of how it was. Unless maybe some of the other ones are, I don't know, maybe they're technically better albums. Yeah. I don't Um, know. Yeah. Technically better says who, you know what I mean? Like it's our list. Yeah. So, (laughs) so it's whatever we like better. And I felt like, I don't know. I sat down and made the list after making all these rules and disqualifying the, the bands over their EPs and shit. And then like wrote down six and was like, fuck, supposed to be five like and i just effortlessly kind of wrote down six after that and then had to figure out where i was gonna go with it so here we are i feel like there's one that we both will definitely have in common yeah and i almost wonder if we should just get it out of the way or if we should just save it to the end and 
say it at the same time. Okay. And then it'd be really funny if we just didn't say the same thing. But Well, there was, um, with the other one, how I had those rules. This one, I didn't really have any rules. Like, I just wrote down those first five that I had and stuck with them. But the only thing I did differently this time was I actually tried to rank them. Mm. Okay. So, I like, don't... I guess maybe if we do have the same one... Um, I don't know. Like, I might get to it later. So. Okay. I don't know yeah. if I really ranked mine necessarily. Maybe. Yeah. I'll go... I know you're putting rules on yourself, so I didn't want to suggest that earlier. <laughs> I just right. want to let you do your own thing. I will say that this is maybe kind of ranked, the way that I have it set up now that I'm looking at yeah. it. It's, it's probably pretty well... Like, if I had to rank them, this is probably how I would rank them. Yeah. So, a couple of them are tough. I mean, it's just like... You know, yeah. I don't know, but and the one rule I keep sticking to with these is just like rock. Like I just didn't. Yeah. Anything that was more like singer songwritery or country or something, like I just tossed it out the window. Like I'm not gonna, you know, because yeah. like we talked last time. How do you really rank a, you know, like like Jules Jules Spirit album? I, people are gonna laugh. They're gonna be like, oh, fucking dork. I love that album, ha, 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 but how am I going to like rank that against some of the stuff on this list? It's just not the same kind of record. So you like that gold nail, by the way? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I'm sucking play. it down. Along those same lines, I have one like one honorable mention I'll just throw out there because I thought of it like later, and I'm like, it was another one where I was like, fuck, like it's a real good album, but we're sticking to rock. Uh, so my... Honorable mention is Duran Duran, um, Rio. That is just a really good album. Like it's got like, I like Duran tons Duran. of like uh, pop classics on there. Yeah, and stuff. But we're sticking to rock, so I thought I would just mention it. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's a lot of great. If we really started venturing into different, yeah, like including all genres and stuff, and um, and I really like but it could get messy then too, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like I think Deftones they covered the chauffeur on there, and I like their cover like way more than the Duran Duran version. Oh, really? But, it's yeah. weird because I think we've talked about it before, and you always bring up Deftones covers, and I love the Deftones, but like their covers don't usually do it for me. I'm always just kind of like, meh, oh, yeah. you know. But hey, well, there's a future topic like, yeah, too. Maybe something about Def- just a Deftones episode. Yeah, you can just rank all the covers they've ever done as your <laughs> list and I'll yeah. just rank some other stuff but well hey I know we tend to rattle and the last episode ended up clocking at like two and a half yeah. hours so I don't know maybe we ought to get to it alright yeah without further ado you can start it off man I guess did I start it last time I don't I know I feel like I did oh yeah cause I think didn't you go with Boston yeah and I had Skinner yeah I think those were our first hell yeah all right, well, on that note, I'm letting you do the honors this time. All right, well, that works out, because this is one that we almost talked about last time anyways. Uh, but, so, for top five sophomore albums, my number five is Kiss, Hotter Than Hell. I had a feeling. That was one I did have a feeling on, just because we did talk about it. Yeah. And I think you asked me if I would have that on mine. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, probably not, you know. Oh, yeah. Love the album. It's just yeah. Yeah. It's a great album, but Yeah, know. this is one for me though, like I got into Kiss like 
exactly 10 years ago, so it's, like, later than you or, like, obviously Danny or, like, Kenny or whoever. I came in, like, way later, and I was just downloading stuff and listening to their albums, so I wasn't really going in any order. And when I got to... Um, I guess when I got to Hotter Than Hell, I didn't like it because it... I don't know, it sounded awful, and it wasn't really bad. polished. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like... What is this? This sounds like I liked like strange ways and you know parasite and stuff, but I'm like the rest of this just sounds like muddy, a uh, garbage like somebody recorded on a cassette or something. Yeah, it just sounded like really bad. But then a year or two ago, I think I was doing like a lot of like lists, like a blog. And you guys were giving me shit for ranking some Kiss albums higher and stuff, but I went back to Hotter Than Hell and I'm like holy shit, I really like the songwriting on this album. Like, just ignoring the production issues. Yeah. All the songwriting is just, like, I don't know. It's yeah, It just no, seems, I... like, beyond, like, uh, some of the stuff that they've done after that. Like, yeah, maybe they were just yeah. firing on all cylinders. I think the arrangements, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I had to guess, and I don't know, maybe I'm not even guessing. Maybe I read this already in a book, and I'm just not yeah. remembering. So, if I am quoting somebody from kiss and they said yeah. this already i'm not like pretending this is my own original idea i just think it is but it might have come from somewhere but i would probably venture to guess that like they were uh trying to keep up with like the led zeppelins and stuff or prove that they were the yeah. you know as good at making these bigger arrangements as like led zeppelin you know because yeah. some of their arrangements on the first two albums alone but especially hotter than hell yeah i agree with you like a thousand percent because it's like it's almost like they just discovered after that like maybe that's not the stuff that works for us and our fan base and going in a simpler more you know a b a b c yeah b structured song is you know yeah that sounds like what i was thinking of like maybe they had more to prove because i remember reading a while ago that uh, their first two albums came out in the same year, what, 74? Yeah. And it's like the first one was kind of a flop, so the record label's like, hey, you got to go back in and you got to do something else. And there's even uh, something you said on the last episode where it's like there's versions of quotes about this, but like basically you got a lifetime to put together um, your first album, but then your second album, you gotta like do it like that. Right. So it's even harder. It's like they got all this pressure to do something to deliver, and now like you're saying, they've got all these other hot bands at the time. Right. So it kind of did seem like they had something to prove, but it sounds like they're almost like. It seems like maybe this is one of the few Kiss albums where they were all evenly contributing too, because you had a lot right. more Ace writing and a lot more like Paul always. It seemed like after that, there'd be everybody was fighting for spots on the albums, but here they're all just kind of coming together. Right. Yeah, structure structure wise, it's some of their best songwriting yeah. that they ever did, you know. And some moments are definitely like the most unique, you know. Yeah. But. but. Well, cool, man. I'll yeah, like what. I love this album. Like I'd say it's probably like in my top three Kiss albums too. So. Hmm. No. <laughs> Top five, maybe, yeah. Huh. I mean, I'm just saying for me. I'm not arguing yeah. with you. But <laughs> yeah, but see, it's I up there, though. No, it's so, up there. Yeah. It's up there, you know. Um, I mean, Let's Put the X in Sex is definitely my favorite song they've ever put out. But, um, <laughs> that's my that's my favorite single. It was, you know, <laughs> short-lived 
Kiss single of the 80s, but... All right, man. Well, hey, I'm going to move along here. All right. And my number five, I will say it as if I ranked them, because, like I said, maybe they are kind of ranked, is Hey Album by Marvelous 3. Oh. Yeah, and I actually... So, I started off with a rule that you adopted for the last one where I was like, okay, if somebody was like in a previous band, maybe I won't count that, blah, blah, blah. Because And I was thinking South Gang, you know. Yeah. Obviously. And then I just kind of said, fuck that band. That doesn't count. Yeah. Like, they sucked. <laughs> and so, and I just, I couldn't put so many fucking rules in this to where I would have just been like handcuffing myself. Like, well, fuck, now I can't pick anything. I've made so many rules. And this album is just so... It was such a big, like, influence for me. Like, I got into The Marvelous Three on Ready, Sex, Go, which is actually the album after this. So I got into them just in time for them to break up. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just funny because Ready, Sex, Go was just really, like, I fucking loved it and played the piss out of it. And then went back and bought the older stuff. And when I got Hey! album, it was like, Jesus Christ, man, like... You know, Freak of the Week, I forgot, was even on the radio. Like, I bought the album and heard it and was like, oh, yeah, fuck, I forgot about this song, you know? And then, but there's so many songs on there that it's like, how are these not huge hits? You know, Vampires in Love is like, <laughs> like the greatest pop song that never was a hit. It's so fucked up. Um, you know, Let Me Go and <clears throat> Retail Girl, I, it just, you know, goes on and on. Dang, I didn't even consider so, that, that you'd, you'd have that, but... Well, you know... Well, you're surprising me, Brent. Actually, I'm an idiot. Retail Girl's not on there, is it? Uh, I don't know. I think I... I'm just... I've already been drinking, okay? And I'm going on hardly any sleep. I'm put that out <laughs> there. I'm like... Dude, I was like awake half the you're night. You're just working like work 90 and, hours this week, so yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm fried. My brain is fucking fried so um so yeah I don't I'm sorry I'm just kinda yeah for some reason Indie Queen was the song that was in my head and I said Retail Girl so I'm an idiot so Uh, I'm gonna apologize whatever I'm gonna apologize to the uh to the listeners both of you so anyhow hey and we know Butch is listening, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, yeah, I didn't have too much good to say about his latest album. Although I don't hate it, I just, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't speak too highly of it, I guess. But I do speak very highly of You liked it, you this. just didn't love it. Yeah, That's a, hey, it is yeah there's nothing wrong with that. Fuck you if you don't like it, Butch. But yeah, I mean, I mean, this is just a great pop album. I don't really have much more to say about it than that, but... Yeah. Like it speaks for itself. His songwriting, I mean, Butch as a songwriter in those early years, like, and, you know, like in my early 20s, I feel like most of my list, it's really funny because most of my list I found once I was like looking at it and thinking about it more, it seems like it was all, I picked all the shit that I was just playing the fuck out of in my early 20s. Oh, yeah. Like some, so like most of the, it's weird because most of my list is like not, that old like most of it's pretty new and it's all kind of within of all the decades of music 
Hmm. That I'm a fan of. This seems to have fallen all within like just like two decades or a decade and a half. You know. Wow, that's interesting because the five that I wrote down that I thought you'd have, they're like really classicy kind of things. But you're saying they're more modern. For me, yeah. yeah. I mean, it kind of surprised myself even, and huh. uh, you know. So I need to pull my list back up here. My damn phone shut off, but. But yeah, and you know, I guess going back to the Marvelous Three album, I was you know, starting to write songs on my own and stuff and try to develop my own style or whatever. Like, I felt, like, really inspired by that. Like, I was uh-huh. almost at first trying to write stuff in the vein of this album specifically. Not necessarily, like, like Ready, Sex, Goes, more of, like, a cock rock, hard rock, bigger guitars and stuff, yeah. and which I've always dug that to and maybe ended up writing more in that vein, but um, I don't know. I kind of wanted to be better at power pop, I think, than what I really am, <laughs> if I'm being honest with myself now, almost two decades later, but but at the time, I just felt like this album was almost perfect in the sense of, like, man, this is what I want to do. Like, this is the kind of shit I want to write. So I never got there, but hmm. uh, but yeah, hey. Yeah, well, you can't force it, man. I mean, you got your own voice. <laughs> no, uh, I ain't worried yeah. about it. I'm just saying, when you're young and you're, yeah, you know, you're you're fucking influenced by everything. Yeah. It seems like, and uh, you know, now it's like, sure, things influence me, but I don't. I definitely don't go into anything with any kind of intention. Mm-hmm. It's more like, ah, fuck it, this will do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man. So I'll stop babbling because I feel like that's really all I'm doing at this point. So. Mm. All right, well, I'll do mine. Here's my number four. It's kind of more, I guess, along your lines of being more modern, whereas my other one was a classic um, rock album. Uh, This one is Killers, uh, Sam's Town. Damn. And it's just one, like, I really liked their first album when they came out, and it sounded like a total 80s, like, you know, throwback, like what, like Depeche Mode or some kind of poppy, like, yeah. synth kind of thing. But then this one just, like, it blew my mind. Because around that time, like, I was listening to this album. You introduced me to Jellyfish. So I started listening to all this more, like, pop uh, stuff around that 2006, 2007. And it totally, like, I guess changed what I was listening to. Like, I was listening to more, like, heavier stuff, and then I kind of, like, fell in love with, like, poppier stuff. So, uh, Killer Samstown always takes me back to, like, the mid, like, 2000s and stuff. Well, speaking of, I'm just going to jump ahead, and it's on my list as well. So we actually, Oh, wow. So I think there's maybe two that we might oh, have. Oh, man, dang. I'm suspecting there's two we might have ended up having in common. I wasn't really expecting you to have that one on really? this, but... Yeah, because, like, yeah. maybe that's... We've talked about, uh, I think, their other stuff that they've put out recently. Like, even I had, what, Imploding the Mirage on the um, year end. Yeah. I didn't think about that. But I feel like this second album from them maybe set the bar, like, way too high that everything they've done after this hasn't... Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. It hasn't that. met Samstown. And I kind of feel like... Another band uh, that I'm going to talk about later, I feel like they did the same thing. Uh, like, um, And here's what the kind of analogy I was thinking of. Like, 
these bands, like maybe The Killers and this other band I'm going to talk about, they were trying to do Beatles like Abbey Road or like whatever, Sgt. Pepper, like right away. But you can't be like the late era Beatles. You got to do all the steps first to get there. And so I think if these bands, they like, I don't know, maybe they're trying too hard on their second album and they're just, I don't know, throwing everything at the wall for their second album. It's like, where do you go after that? You're almost like you don't have anything to go right after that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off base here, but it sounds like maybe they did that. They, they kind of progressed too much. And it's like, where do you go after that? Yeah. And even, right, some of the band members have kind of left since then, like that Mark uh, Stormer and the <laughs> other guy, and now it's just the drummer and Brandon Flowers. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they burned themselves out. They might have. Yeah. I mean, I thought the follow-up, what was it, Day and Age? Yeah, that one was real good, too. They kind of went back to the 80s for that one. It's like almost like they flip-flopped. They were doing 80s, then this huge, like, pop sound, and then back to the 80s. And it's like, yeah, where do you go after that? But Yeah, they kind of, I don't know. I feel like after, after their first three albums, it was like there was really good shit on every album, except for what was the one before the last one? I didn't like it at all. I... Yeah, you like didn't. It was like wonderful, wonderful, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like I really liked the man. I thought that song was awesome, but everything yeah. else was kind of. It just was so forgettable for me, and I just yeah. I listened to it and wasn't even. It was like one of those I wasn't even enjoying it while I was listening to it, mm. which is weird because I mean, you'd think I'd at least be like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's enjoyable enough. It doesn't live up to their other stuff, but like, it wasn't the case at all. Like I just straight up didn't like it. Even around the time of Samstown, I think they came out with something called Sawdust that was yeah. like leftover stuff, and, and it's liked, like, yeah, maybe they're just writing so much. Yeah, I like Sawdust. I thought that had a ton of cool yeah. Stuff. Some of the covers were cool. I mean, yeah, but uh, yeah. Now I'm with you on Samstown, man. That was honestly the first one that came to mind. Oh, really? When we, as soon as we talked about sophomore albums, that album instantly was on my list before anything else. Yeah. So I, I don't know why. To me, it's just like almost the ultimate sophomore album. Hmm. Like most bands don't, like, you know, we talk about this, the sophomore slump, right? Like you spend all that time making your debut. It's great. And then the second one, there's the pressure to release it. And it's kind of a turd. And these guys <laughs> were like really unique in the sense that they like delivered not only like their best work on their second album, but like yeah. it's a masterpiece, you know? It's, I've heard it compared to Born to Run, like, so many times, you know? Like, yeah, because that's something I wrote down. I think, like, like back in the summertime, uh, they came out with that um, Imploding the Mirage, and I went back and revisited, what was it, Battleborn, like, the fourth album, yeah. and that's one that I bought and totally discarded and was, like, almost like, you're a wonderful, wonderful. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Battleborn has a I'm lot of th- good stuff on it, though, but... But, yeah, listening to Battleborn... Um, I guess years later, I was like, shit, like I texted Denny, like as I was listening to it, and I was like, man, is it just me, or does this sound like Bruce Springsteen? Like they're just uh, right. doing poppy Bruce Springsteen. And he goes, yeah, man, but that was Sam's Town, too. And I was like, oh, no shit. <laughs> well, shit, they even like ripped off like one of the runs in uh, Born to Run on, uh, what song was it? Where it's got the dun, 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 dun. It's got the yeah. breakdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What song is that? I can hear it in my head. 
Oh, when you were young. Yeah. It's in the middle, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of great songs on that, man. Yeah, I even loved, like, I don't know if you like it, but that Bones uh, song, that was the one where they had a Tim Burton, he directed their music video. Oh, yeah, I don't remember the video. And it was, like, black and white, and I remember, I think a couple's making out on the beach, but then somebody unzips their skin, and they're just Bones, Hmm. or something like that, I don't know. Like, the video seemed clever to me, and it was kind of cool. Yeah. But, huh, like, that's awesome that you had it, too. Absolutely. So... Look, we agree on something every once in a while. Obviously, we yeah. wouldn't do the show together. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I guess moving right along. I guess since, I don't know. Do you just want to say another one, or are we going to change oh. the order up? Because I guess I kind of gave one of mine away, so. Oh, well, I'll go with my number three, then, if you want me to do that. Yeah. Uh, this is actually one, how you said... Samstown is the one that came to your mind first, like, boom, like, right away. Yeah. This one is one that came to my mind, like, in a flash of lightning, uh, like, when we were talking at the end of the last album, and I was like, and you're like, we could do sophomore albums, or maybe I said it, and I was like, oh, this album. Well, it's Metallica, Ride the Lightning. I had a feeling you might have that one. Yeah. That was one that almost, I mean, that was, yeah, I considered it as well, because that is... My favorite Metallica album. Hmm. Not to spoil it if we rank uh-uh. Metallica albums, I guess I kind of... Well, maybe we could just but... do like a general discussion of, <laughs> there you of go. Metallica. But no, it's your pick. I'll let you talk about it. I wasn't trying to... Uh, this out. was one that I got into them like when I was in high school. So it was like 90... Well, like junior high, I guess, 97, 98, around that era. And Ride the Lightning was like my favorite one at the time. I don't know, it was cool. It had like lightning on the cover, so when you're like 13 years old, you're like, fuck yeah, lightning, and it's heavy metal. And like I even did a painting in like art class of like a pro wrestler, but I made the background, the Ride the Lightning cover with lightning bolts around him. And uh, and then I think in the years since then, like I really fell in love with other albums. But now I've fallen back to Ride the Lightning, and I'm just like... Man, it's the same thing for me, actually, as the Kiss album. Like, I don't like the production on it. It sounds like even James' vocals. Like, I don't really like his vocals. And yeah, it doesn't sound like really well produced, but I guess it's thrash metal. So it's yeah. not really supposed to be that produced. Or even like the Misfits, like it's punk. So it's not supposed yeah. to be that produced. But like, uh, just going with the songwriting, they like completely like blew up versus the first album and this one. Like I think the first album is like thrash, and this one has like so many cool arrangements and shit. That's right. like, I don't know, man. It's just awesome. I agree with you. It's like I said, it's my favorite one, and actually the production. And you had this one on your list too. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. It didn't oh. quite make it, but. Oh. And I don't mind the production of that. I think it has a very unique sound. Like oh. there's something about that album and Master of Puppets where it's just like, I don't know, they both sound unique and they both kind of have their own oh, thing. Yeah. Like Metallica never sounded like that again. And I feel like both those albums, you know, are Metallica at the top of their game. Yeah. Songwriting-wise and arrangement-wise, so. Uh, yeah, because that's another point I think I was going to make, like, uh, that um, I 
don't know. I didn't really look at the credits that well for the writing, but it sounds like maybe to me what I'm hearing is the first album, Kill 'Em All, maybe had more influence of like Dave Mustaine on the band. Right. Whereas this second album has way more Cliff Burton in it, and that's why they've got all the a kind of like, I don't know, symphonic arrangements. Because even when I was listening to S&M 2 in the summer, it sounds like some of those songs were like, I don't know, they almost were like meant to have a symphony with them. Because if you listen to Call of Cthulhu, there's like so much going on in there. Yeah. That it sounds like maybe Cliff Burton or somebody had like the forward thinking of like, dude, we want to just blow up this sound with all these different instruments. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, Kill Em All was obviously. Yeah, it's just all, straightforward. Like, yeah. And it was, I think, it's more damn near all of it was like written even before Cliff was in the band. Yeah. And obviously before. So that's why I wanted so, to throw it out of you. Like, yeah. if that was more like. If it was more Dave's, like. Yeah. Influence on them or like Motorhead, you know, right. was more influence than that. Probably so, yeah. Like they probably just kind of came into their own. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like that's a good word for it. They came into their own on the second album. Yeah. Do we want to refresh our beers? <laughs> I mean, you just, I I think you might have drank that beer faster than I've ever seen you drink a beer. Well, it was good. It wow. was refreshing, like Those it says the only on the... two. I don't know. I feel like I got to liven up, though. I That's oh. why I just went ahead and got a Bloody Mary and a beer. You know what we should have done? We should have done, like, a couple Irish car bombs. Mm. <laughs> I need to... I don't know. I just feel like I started off kind of like... St. Paddy's I feel like I just started this whole thing off kind of blah. Like, I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Marvelous 3, hey, album. Uh, hey. Misquote a song, mm. name a song that's not on the album. I got to get this brain firing on all cylinders. And you know what? If there's one thing that the past has taught me, it's that alcohol <laughs> is good for that. It's not at all, actually. That's a terrible idea, kids. But but I do, I do need to get a second wind. And uh, so I think it's my turn. Yep. Yeah, because I've done three already. Okay. So my number three is Backyard Babies Total 13. Damn. Good choice. Fuck yeah. I mean, honestly, bombed out of my mind that song alone. <laughs> I mean, if that was the only song on the album, it would still probably make my sophomore list. I I just I want my band to play that. Like that's a song I've always wanted to cover and just never have. I'm probably not cool enough to pull it off, but it's uh that's such a great album, man. Like I got into the Backyard Babies. They put out a thing called Independent Days, I think is what it was called. So it was like kind of a reissue of Total 13 and some mm-hmm. of that earlier stuff. But um, I mean, that's when I got I got into them on that and then kind of bought everything after that. And at some point, I think a couple records later, maybe I bought this. I don't even know. It's all, I just got really fucking into them and really obsessed with them for a certain amount of time. And again, it was like like in my early 20s, so like I said, a lot of this list kind of ended up being stuff that I was just playing the fuck out of in my early 20s for some reason, and the stuff that I was playing back then that stuck with me through, um, through now, being 40. And I just recently bought this album, like a picture disc, like an imported picture disc version. 
I'd been looking for it on vinyl for a while and could never fucking find it or I'd find it and it'd be super expensive. And I mean, I still, I think I still paid like 50 bucks for this import. So it wasn't like the cheapest thing ever, but it was worth every penny to have it. But I mean, I, I don't know. I still feel like this is their best album because their first album, Diesel and Power, was kind of, you know, like co- more cock rock and the songs w- weren't really that good. And this album, it's like every song's fucking killer, and there's way more of like a raw, edgy, punk kind of mm-hmm. feel to it. And then after that, like the record's kind of like Making Enemies and Stockholm Syndrome. They kind of got a little bit more polished and a little bit more like hard rock records, and the punk thing kind of isn't there as much anymore. And, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Like Look At You, that song, you know, Still, like, just a fucking kick-ass song. I just want to start trashing shit. <laughs> Hit, smashing the pictures yeah. on my wall. And not really, but... Um, you know, just that, that fucking opening riff for uh, UFO, Romeo, you know? And I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to name every song yeah. on the fucking album, but everything's popping in my head faster than I can actually process it and speak about hey, it. Hey, then it's working already, the beer. And it the... is, I know. Well, at least I think I just got all the song titles right, too, because for some reason I was talking about the Hey album, and <laughs> songs for math and other problems started fucking popping in my head, and I'm like, well, any listener that's familiar with M- Marvelous Theory mm-hmm. is going to be fucking laughing at what a dildo I sound like, so. Um, <laughs> I wish okay. I could contribute more to this, uh, but like... All the albums you've said have kind of thrown me off. I was thinking you'd go in one direction, and you're going not the band one direction, but you're... <laughs> you thought I'd be... You know, I thought One Direction, Backstreet Boys. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, this one was, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like when we do the third albums, just top of my head, I haven't made a list yet, but, like, I picked a few out just off the top of my head real quick when we've mm-hmm. talked about it. And I feel like people are going to people that know me will be able to probably pick it out. Like a few of them anyhow are going to uh, be okay. really I know there's a few of them that are going to be super fucking obvious. Yeah. And people are going to be like, "Yeah, I knew you'd have that." You know. But this one I do, like when I did this, I feel like I don't know. Like there's there's one I know you and I are going to have in common and you're going to be like, yeah, duh, I knew you'd fucking have that. And maybe a couple of them, people that know me really well would be like, oh yeah, that one, I can see that. But I don't think this was like as predictable of a list that I made, you know? Yeah. So, I don't yeah. Know. yeah, it's not. I'm excited about it. Yeah. So I, I guess as excited about a list as I can be. But <laughs> 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 you know. Fun time. So, yeah, Backyard Babies, total 13. All right, man. Um, So, I guess I'm up. Um, Is your well, next wait. one going to be One Direction? Actually, no. I'm going to save this one and skip to my next one because I know what the other one. Because I'm down to two. So, oh, it's so going to be one we're going to talk about. So, you know. So, I'd rather yeah. talk about yeah. the one. I know we're on the same page with the Yeah, one that's one. not going to be on your list. So... This one that I'm going to talk about now is one of my top favorite albums of all time. Not just the 90s or of the specific genre. This is like up 
there in the upper echelon of albums. And I don't know if anybody's going to think I'm stupid or not, but uh, so this, in like, ranking these, this was my number one, Stone Temple Pilots Purple. I just fucking adore that album, and I like it more than I did when I first heard it. Hmm. You know, like, I don't know. It, Great album. It yeah. just gets better, I think. Or I pick out different things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where I would rank that one, like, in my STP ranking, if I did. Huh. I mean, I don't know. It's up there. I I know you like number four. Top of my head, four, yeah. Top of my was... head, I'm going to actually say number four and then purple. Okay. I think is how I would probably rank those two. So I'd probably put it at my second favorite of theirs. Yeah, because I, I like this band ever since I first heard of them. Like, I think, obviously it came out in 94, and I wasn't listening to the rock like music at that time, uh, like I was like ten years old, so a lot of music wasn't on my radar. It was whatever was on the radio, and then later on, like in high school or whatever, I I got into movies like The Crow and stuff. So I looked up the soundtrack, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like Rage Against the Machine, we talked about that. Oh, Rage yeah. was on there. It's a great soundtrack. And like Helmet and Pantera, but then uh, the song from Purple was on there. So, uh, now I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Big Empty. Big Empty, yeah, I wrote it down. It's like your brain's firing and my brain isn't uh, well, firing. But Big Empty, that song out. got me to go into Stone Temple Pilots and, like, check them out. And uh, so that was kind of like a gate. That uh, a soundtrack was a gateway to all these other bands. And I guess, I think around that time, number four came out. So that's my entry point was maybe the Crow soundtrack. Number four was current, so I'm going backtrack into uh, their albums, and then they kind of broke up, you know, and they went their separate <coughs> ways, and there was Velvet Revolver and everything, so I kind of like, uh, Stone Temple Pilots weren't in the forefront of what I was listening to, because they weren't current. Right. I, and I feel like having these other singers now, and I feel like I'm trying to go somewhere. It's like, I guess that Jeff Goot guy coming back into the band. People don't really, maybe don't like him as much as like Scott or whatever, but it sounds like they're still kind of having a resurgence because they're re -re yeah. a reissuing stuff now. Purple came out as a reissue. Core came out. So I feel like I'm kind of almost rediscovering some of that stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just I there's remember. a lot of good shit on there. And even like talking about, I guess, back to the debut and the second album thing, they're almost like night and day. Like, Core is a total, sounds like a different band versus Purple. Yeah, I feel like Core was darker, kind of, or something. I don't know. Hey, you need to be a grunge band, so you got to like write songs like this. Yeah. And then Purple, maybe that's who they really wanted to be. It's kind of funny because like you're saying you got into that album later on, and so did I because Core came out. I was in like junior high. What would that have been like? Ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, because I think their first Core was ninety two. Because okay, so yeah, I I think I was in like sixth grade, or at least I can remember being in junior high and being you know that was a big album and I'd heard it and. 
I had friends that were into it, and I thought it was good, but I really wasn't getting super into the grunge thing. Pearl Jam I really liked. Um, Alice in Chains I kind of liked, but I got more into them later. And then, like, STP, I got more into them later, too. Like, Nirvana, I never, I don't know. I tried to get into them, but I never, still to this day, became, like, a big fan of their stuff. But, like, Purple, for some reason, was the one that I overlooked until years later. That and the next album. Um, Tiny Music Tiny from music. the Vatican Gift Shop or whatever yeah. that title is. It's almost like, yeah, like the, what is it? The versus thing where it's like elderly woman behind the counter. Yeah. And a... Well, and I remember I hated like the, what <laughs> was the first titles. single they put out from that? They put out some single that I hated or there was some song I fucking hated from that third album. So I totally wrote STP off in between core and number four. And then I remember, I think it was like maybe my senior year in high school i might have even just graduated when number four came out and i bought it just like i was working at walmart i remember and it just was on the new release rack and i just Mm. felt like a new album i just felt like having something new Mm -hmm. and there was nothing and i got paid that day and was like "Eh, fuck it it was like 9.99 because all cds were back then and so i bought it and i was like motherfucker this is really good like so that got me back into stp to where i totally backtracked and went back and was like oh fuck purple's actually a really good album you know yeah i think that's the long the totally long-winded point i was trying to make is that these guys might be the underrated band (laughs) of the 90s because see everybody's overlooking their shit Right. Or whatever. Even like now, we're overlooking their shit because maybe they had all this band turmoil and they're not really right. Well, and you on the figure... radio and they're not touring. But then once you listen to the album, you're like, shit. You know why haven't I been loving like a this? Big gap though, too. Like yeah. between the third album and the fourth album. Yeah, because I think all the uh, what Scott's issues, and I think they did the talk show thing. The other guys did an album oh, yeah. with somebody else, right? Yeah. yeah, and then you know there was what that Sh- Shangri La album that came out after number four which that had stuff i liked but as far as a whole album it wasn't that great and the single sucked and i thought the album after that i can't even remember what it was called i fucking hated it it was a peace sign i hated that too but i've went back and i've listened to it and there's some stuff on there that actually is kind of good i think just the single that came out like i was like I don't know. It was like between the lines or something. It sounded kind of like tired. Like, okay, you guys already did this before. But I think there's some song Bagman on there that's kind of funny. I don't know. I'd have to listen to it again. I don't remember enough about it. I just remember hating it, but kind of being mad that I spent my money. I actually like Shangri-La Dida. There's some really good stuff on it. Like, what's the... uh... I like Wonderful. It's a really good, like, ballad. He did. He went very Doorsy on there. Like, there's a lot of really mellow Jim Morrison inspired kind of. Yeah, there's some. Stuff. Like, I'm trying to think of some of the song titles, like a song for sleeping or something. That's a real kind of like I don't know. Mellow song. For yeah, sleeping. mellow song. And then there's I don't know. There's like Hollywood bitch. Oh yeah. That's like the real good like, I like heavy that song. One, yeah. God, I haven't listened to that stuff in yeah. forever, and I haven't listened to Purple in quite a while. Oh really? I think about it. 
They're not a band I go back and listen to often, and now I'm kind of like, fuck, maybe I should. See, yeah, this Purple's awesome because it does. It's got the fucking rock songs. Like, I wrote down Army Ants, Vaseline, um, Unglued. Then you got the stuff that's like the Big Empty or uh, the Silver Gun Superman and stuff. Vaseline's a great song. Yeah. Now that I think about it. I think maybe that's why I never gave... Purple, the time of day though, because I remember that video being so overplayed on MTV. Uh, yeah. Like it got to where I hated that song. Now I really dig it. Like, yeah. And what's the one uh, that's got like the um, uh, the reverse guitar intro uh, that was used for MTV News? I think. Hmm. I'd have to hear it. I don't know. Um, I'm just hearing like the. Or something. Yeah. It's like goes into the slide <laughs> guitar intro. It's been forever, man. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not familiar enough with that one to know it. See, and now I sound like an idiot because that says one of my favorite albums, and I'm drawing a blank on the song. Yeah, but see, I think we switched. We took a break, and my brain just stopped. So see, we shouldn't take breaks because then my brain just stops. Yeah, but my brain finally started working. So <laughs> we're the opposite. It's really not. I just. <laughs> Oh, Lounge Fly. That's what I'm thinking of. Because uh, okay. it's got the reverse guitar, but then it goes into that slide, and it's so, like, I don't know. Some of the stuff almost sounds kind of psychedelic Like, you're saying Doors. It's like yeah. it's like hard rock, uh, I don't know, meets the Doors or something. But Hard rock meets the Doors. Yep. I don't know. But, go. dude, I love Purple. Like, I don't know, man. That album... I think we should have, we should start doing video from now on with this. Because I feel like everybody's missing out by not seeing your weird air guitar stuff. Yeah. Like whatever you were just doing when you said slide, I was like, man, this would be really fun if there it's was It's like not a really video. guitar, I'm just looking like, dude, dude, dude. Well, I, I mean, I knew it was air guitar. Oh, yeah. I knew it wasn't like a air xylophone. Yeah, like, how do you do air slide? Like that. <laughs> Well, I know a good slide guitar sounds like that. Yeah. Well, man, I'm going to just totally move on to my next pick. All right, good, because I need to shut up. <laughs> well, you don't need to shut up. But... So you, that was your, what, number two, and I'm on to number two? Yeah. Making sure we're not getting out of order here, getting all screwed up. Well, my number two goes back to a band... That I was absolutely fucking obsessed with, like junior high into high school. Mm-hmm. Baddest bunch of motherfuckers. Like, you know, I discovered Motley Crue, and that pretty much like changed my whole like life mm-hmm. in a way. Like, that's what got me into hard rock. And then when I discovered Skid Row, it was like, holy fuck. Because they were like originally, I mean, Sebastian Bach was just like, he's a fucking beast, man. And the debut album was so fucking good, and he just could fucking wail. But then Slave to the Grind was just like, holy fucking shit. Because it was like heavy. Yeah. You know, it was like it was like a cock rock band with a singer that could really fucking scream and wail. But it was heavy. Some of the songs were fucking dark. And <laughs> it was one of your picks for me. Yeah, that's the it? only one that I wrote down that you actually have. <laughs> so I wanted to go back to make sure. 
Well, man, it's, you know, I was so fucking obsessed with this album for so long, and it's so funny because when this last record store day thing hit and they had I thought you were going to talk about Motley Crue, like issue. Shout Out the Devil or something, and then you just... <laughs> I know, well, and that's a great album. Yeah. You know, and that was a tough one to leave off my list, but uh, it's not flawless. I hate Danger, that last fucking song, man. Uh, it makes me just... It it just doesn't keep up with the rest of the albums because of that one fucking turd. <laughs> but it yeah. sunk it. <laughs> but it was just a segue because it was like yeah. you know that was like the band that got me into all of this like hard rock and stuff and all those '80s bands and shit back when I was in like junior high. And Skid Row just seemed like a game changer, especially Slave to the Grind, because it was so heavy, but yet. You know, it was like still melodic. It, yeah, it's like the reason I I ended up liking Pantera and bands that were heavier. Whereas if there wasn't that Slave to the Grind album, that kind of, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to really put into words what I'm trying to say here. But I know what you're saying because it's kind of like the gateway. How I was saying, yeah, like, almost like this kind of got you into this yeah. other stuff. Like if all you ate was ice cream. Or, you know what I mean? Like, something like that. Like, if you went and ate, like, a Carolina Reaper fucking salsa or something, yeah, it's going to be really, really fucking hot, and you're going to be like, God, what the fuck? I'm never eating that again. But if you start, like, you know, eating Yeah, these, working your way up. Working your yeah. way from, like, something kind of hotter to... I don't know why I said ice cream to Carolina Reaper Pepper. This is probably yeah. the weirdest fucking... <laughs> <laughs> like the weirdest analogy ever, yeah. but but I mean, yeah, dude. I know it's what like, you're saying. You gotta like, like you're not gonna listen to Celine Dion for the first time. You gotta and learn to a, crawl before you can walk yeah. or something. I don't know. You're not gonna be like, oh, I fucking love Celine Dion, which I can't really stand. She's fucking irritating as hell. So that's a bad example. But okay, like someone that I do love, like Emmy Lou Harris. Okay, but yeah. if you're not gonna listen to Emmy Lou Harris, and that's all you listen to. And then the next fucking thing you get into is Slayer. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? So, so, yeah, man, like, you know, you get into, like, Motley Crue, and it's hard rock, and it's kind of dangerous, but it's not really that heavy. And, yeah, there's this other shit like Slayer and Pantera or something, and you're almost just kind of like, I don't know, man. That's I don't know about that shit. But then something like Slave to the Grind that's kind of sitting right in the middle. Like, you got a dude that's, like, singing melodic but then like some of his screams are kind of fucking heavy and some of the guitars really fucking heavy and some of the drum drums get in there and you know and it's yeah next thing you know you're listening to that and next then after that you're listening to vulgar display of power because it's like oh well that ain't that fucking heavy (laughs) you know (laughs) like all of a sudden it's just which ironically enough you know uh skid row took on the slave to the grind tour had taken uh Pantera out on the road as an opening act. I think, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, and then didn't Skid Row ended up opening up for Pantera after that, right? Is that how the story goes? Yeah, or at least I do remember Sebastian Bach's solo band post Skid Row opening, but okay, I don't know, man. I mean, these are still some of the best ballads that Skid Row or Sebastian Bach, for that matter, have ever done too. Like in a darkened room, um, wasted time. 
Yeah, because this is something where I had only heard Skid Row, the radio songs, and this is like something where, sure, maybe the radio's not a good barometer right. or something, but all you really, if you'd hear Skid Row on the radio, it would be something like 18 in Life from the first album. Yeah, You're not going to hear anything maybe. from this album. So it wasn't yeah. until hanging out with you and like Brian that then I was like, oh, they've got this album Fuck, dude! Like the, what? Quicksand and Jesus on yeah. there, and like and Monkey Business was yeah. a hit, but it was a short-lived hit. Like it doesn't get played on classic rock radio now. Yeah, and I like, think Quicksand Jesus even was a single. I know there was a video for Wasted Time, but um, you know, yeah, man, there's songs on there that like Living on a Chain Gang is so fucking cool. Creep yeah. Show is a cool song. Uh, I actually had both versions because there was the Walmart version with. Uh, um, oh Jesus Christ! Because it was "Get the Fuck Out," and so then they put out a Walmart version that didn't have "Get the Fuck Out." It had "Beggars Day" was the name of the song, oh, okay. and so I had both versions just so I could have that other song. And then that's one thing I thought was really cool when they did the vinyl reissue for Record Store Day was one of the bonus tracks was "Beggars Day." So you get because I thought that song was really badass. I mean, being a stupid ass adolescent right like get the fuck out i yeah. thought it was so great <laughs> cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah oh he's fucking really telling that motherfucker yeah <laughs> but like beggar's day is a better song I, I think honestly now in retrospect i'm like man that's almost like i think one of the coolest songs on the album and i mean it wasn't even really on the album in a way you know unless you bought it from walmart unless you were a pussy and bought it from walmart but <laughs> No, I had them. I got. I still have. I think both Dude, versions. Dude, even the on title CD. track though, we haven't mentioned that yet. Slave to the Well, Grind. yeah, and that's the heavy one. Like just that riff. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I remember like, fuck, I gotta learn to play that on guitar. <laughs> I probably kind of did. I probably thought I did, but I bet if there was a video, if I found a video of me playing it now and I looked back on it, I'd probably be like, oh my god, terrible. But. Dude, even talking about how you've been working like so many hours this week, and I work like two jobs. I like I always kind of think of that line. song title. I'm a slave to the grind, <laughs> yeah. man. That's all I do. I just work. Punch the card. Yeah. It leads the blind, or whatever that lyric is exactly. I don't. Oh shit. <laughs> Sorry, that was my uh, Bloody Mary sticking to my coaster. Double fisting as I do. A little Boston Lager from Sam Adams. Mm-hmm. No pressure, Sam Adams, but feel free to. Sponsor us on this free beer, you know. Oh, the other one was, is like refreshing. This is distinctively complex and balanced. This one will make you feel full. It's a bit yeah. heavier. Yeah. And possibly burp a lot. I don't know. But yeah, man. So, Damn, dude, I knew when that was on that record store day list that you were like going to be like, God, I got to fucking get this. Yeah, I'm gonna wait in line at six in the morning and and uh, camp out for Slave to the Grind. I think I had to work that morning, and I swung by uh, old what's his nuts shop younger than yesterday because I knew Mm. he'd probably have like fifty fucking copies. So, yeah, don't even start. I know it pained me to go give that asshole my money. Yeah, I hope he's listening. (laughs) Yeah, I'm talking about you, Craig. You fucking Prouse guy, Prouse guy, Gina. Price gouging motherfucker. Yeah. See, you can't think of song titles. I can't think of song titles. I can't fucking even talk. So, 
your turn, and I think we're down to the one that we know we have in common. Yeah, so... <laughs> Do you think it would be a cool effect if I talked into this bottle? You think the know. microphone's picking that up? <laughs> All right, sorry, people. I'm a moron, but... It's All noon, right. by the way. You realize it's noon. It is 12.09 p.m., and... I'm already kind of getting that warm and fuzzy feeling. Yeah, but it's a time change. So really, we would think it would be like 109. Right? No, so where are you? are backwards. We lost an hour. It'd, it'd actually be 11. It's like 11 in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah, because when I got up and went to work this morning, all my clocks said 3.30, and it was 4.30. Oh. I don't know. I don't know basic math. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, I'm not man. a scholar. I'm just a fucking rocker. And speaking of spelling stuff wrong, I wrote, uh, I wrote spill it milk for this. I put another. I thought you were gonna say there. split, <laughs> split milk. Spill I actually, milk. I actually wrote down split milf. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it sounds like that sounds like some kind of like uh, um, a Steel Panther album. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Split milk. <laughs> I think we were both probably going the same the same direction in our heads, but uh, well, we obviously agree on this one, and I'm sure certain people listening already know where we're going with it. Yeah. But <laughs> split milk. <laughs> I think we should just call it that. All right, <laughs> that's the name of the episode. Split milk. <laughs> I can't even remember what else I was going to say now. So yeah. Fucking, uh, so on the count of three, should we just say the album at the same time? We probably don't need to. One, two, three. Jellyfish. Uh, jellyfish. That would be gay <laughs> to say it at the same time. That <laughs> would be gay. Uh. Uh, but yeah, Jellyfish, Spilt Milk, their actual sophomore album, and second album, and final album, unfortunately. Sadly. But yeah. what a fucking masterpiece. But maybe going back to my point about the killers, maybe they did too much in too short of a time or something. And they're like, fuck, where do we go after this? Yeah, fuck it, we let's just break up. We just went too high and like shot for the stars, but now now where do we go? They couldn't. I don't could they follow it up? Do you think? I don't think they could. Yeah. I don't really know what happened is the funny thing. Do you? Technic- I don't know the whole story. I don't, I don't know, know why either. I've never known the whole story. Hey, well, didn't Guns N' Roses almost do the same thing? Well, that's almost a whole bunch of drugs and a whole, yeah. whole like, different story. But they did Appetite. They did this huge, we're going to go big and do two albums. And then basically they do a cover album and then psh, nothing. Right. Yeah, I mean, these guys, I think, Jellyfish, Just I, I imagine the label dropped them. Yeah, because I, I think... We, I, we think this is great. Anyone with half a fucking brain that's heard this album knows it's great, but, like, I don't think most people have ever heard it. Like, yeah, it was, like, 1993. Grunge was, like, yeah. fucking everywhere. Uh, Kurt Cobain was still alive on top of the world. So, yeah, these guys, they're all wearing, what, corduroy pants and have, yeah, like, top like, hats and out, shit. Yeah. It's, like... Colorful and... Yeah, that's not going to fly in 93. No. It's like Queen, the Beach Boys, and Cheap Trick, and the Beatles all got together and had this big fucking orgy, and yeah. Ringo shot jellyfish out of out of his ass. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was, you know, it is just a fucking power... It's like a lost classic. Epic masterpiece. Like, yeah. this thing is so fucking ridiculous. I still... 
I listened to it the other day at work because I was kind of like, once I made this list, I thought, oh, I ought to revisit all of them. So I, you know, it's sharp. I'm sharp and yeah. can talk about what I want to talk about. It's obviously, it didn't work. But, uh, you know, I was still like blown away. I'm like, Jesus, I've listened to this album a million fucking times at this point. And this is probably only within the last year, maybe the second time I've played it for some reason. Hmm. I, I don't really know. I'm just throwing that number out there. But I don't really recall listening to it any time besides then, uh, within the last few months or whatever. So, uh, I just, I don't know, man. There's, no matter how many times you listen to it and how long mm-hmm. you've lived with it, like, there's always something. There's so much in there that you pick something out. Like, the next time you listen to it, you go, oh, fuck, man, that that's really fucking badass. And, like, you've heard it a million yeah. times. It's just that there's so much badass shit that all this other badass shit's going on, and so there might just be, like, one little thing that you pick up on the 19,000th time you listen to it, you know? And then the crazy thing about this album is, like, as big as it is and just ridiculous arrangement-wise and all the instrumentation and harmonies and... Like, all of them, with maybe the exception of Sabrina, could just be like one dude sitting there singing the song with an acoustic guitar. I mean, I don't know how you'd pull that song off, right? Like, with just that. (laughs) Because it's such a weird, quirky thing. And But that's, like, so brilliant. I remember the first time I heard it thinking, like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) But then by the end of the song, you're like, no, that was actually really cool. And then every time you hear that song, it grows on you to where, like, it's it's one of the highlights of the record for me now, you know? But then, like, New Mistake, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could just hear, like, a singer-songwriter, dude, strumming that planet because it's just a straightforward, great fucking pop song. See, I didn't hear that because when you got me into these guys and I was listening to them and then I think later on you're like, hey, during one of my acoustic shows, I'm going to perform a Jellyfish song. And I was thinking, like, how do you do that on an acoustic guitar? But I think you did The Man I Used to Be. Oh, yeah. And that fit. But I wouldn't... I don't know how you could pull off some of these just with one guy. Well, I couldn't because I'm not a very good singer, and most of these songs are really hard to sing even. But, um, no, I mean, I think you could... I just think you'd have to strip them back. I mean, it takes some imagination, right? Like, yeah, like I guess you could, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't sound the same, yeah. or something. But or I'm just like, saying, I'd be expecting these big yeah. parts. I guess that's. I'm, me. Ju- I'm just saying, from a songwriting yeah. standpoint, like there's there's songs that if you did strip them back, they would still be really great fucking yeah. songs without all the bells and whistles, you know. I see what you're saying. Just the skeleton of the song yeah. is good, regardless of what's yeah. added on it. Now, obviously, yeah. there's so much shit that you hear these songs a million times, and then you. You show up yeah. and just see like a fucking like Bob Dylan type dude just strumming an acoustic guitar and yeah. you know singing. It might be kind of joining a fan club. <laughs> it might be weird. <laughs> it might. Here's something with this album that like you got me into these guys like 2007 and you gave me both albums at the same time, and I think I listened to Spilt Milk first and it actually. Ruined belly button for me because that yeah. one is so like basic compared to spilt milk where it's so blown up. Yeah. That like 
I had the same problem, so I know exactly what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, you just blew my mind. So I think I was hearing all of these like huge musical elements that now when I went back to listen to it again to make some notes and stuff, I think what I'm focusing more on now is the lyrics. And I'm like, that guy, that Andy Sturmer, his lyrics are so like awesome and like creative yeah. and like funny. And that's what I'm picking up more now is like, oh God, his lyrics are so like creative. And it's like, how would you come up with some of those lyrics? Well, it's like half the songs, if not almost all of them, if not all of them on this fucking album is like so anti-Christian. But... Like, yeah. even if you were, like, a diehard Christian, I feel like you would listen to it and not even catch half of it. And you oh, would yeah. even the stuff you did catch, you would laugh at, like, because it's so witty. Like, he's yeah. so, like, the delivery and the, the way he words <laughs> yeah. stuff is so funny. Like, he's, like, mocking religion, and I feel like he does it so well that even if... Oh, was, the ghost at number one? Yeah, I mean, there's just <laughs> yeah. there's those brilliant, you know. Um, but And then there's some spots that where it's like almost too blatant and vulgar not that vulgar but you know what i mean like it's like yeah so unapologetic like i i'm trying to think of the lyric but um something about his fucked up immortal son yeah you know that line yeah. that's on uh dun, 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 i can't think of the goddamn song title it's ghost at number that. one yeah Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> We're still My bad. I yeah. Well, that's the brilliance of it too. Like if you think about that song, the way it starts and where yeah. it ends up with the chorus, it yeah, almost feels it like does. two it totally goes different on songs. Like a roller coaster yeah. thing. Feels like, like two different songs. songs. And so yeah. it's like in my head, I'm sitting there thinking about it, and I'm thinking of two different songs, and then it's like, no, fuck, we are talking about the same song. But yeah, I mean that's just such a yeah. blatant, you know. Yeah. But. You know, and then joining the fan club has some really kind of funny lyrics where it's like, oh, yeah, I never yeah. thought about it like that, you know. Uh, one lyric that I always think that is kind of uh, weird or not weird, but just uh, something uh, that, like, I don't, I don't know if it's clever or catchy or what, but, like, something like, spare me the punchline, please. I, want, I learned it well at Sunday school. Yeah. Like, how would you come up with that? I don't know. It I don't just kind of seems. He comes kinda, up. Yeah, he came up with great stuff, man. Like, remember when murder was only killing time? <laughs> Gluttonous sympathy. That song. Dude. That song is like I, um, um, underlined it. That's my favorite one on the album. Yeah. If I had to pick, that would probably be mine. Just mm. because it's such a, a god, yeah. it's just brilliant, man. Like, that's actually the song I wanted to cover when I was doing, like, these acoustic shows oh, and stuff. Yeah. But I couldn't, the chorus just singing it, just, I couldn't pull it off. And I wanted to do it so bad because I love the lyrics. I love the whole, just the way it starts, man, just with that, you know, yeah. what's the opening lyric? The breathless hush of 4 a.m. Yeah. And it just the acoustic coming in. And yeah, man, I mean, that's just... I don't know. It's a that yeah. might be if I had to pick a favorite jellyfish song, period, that would probably be it. Yeah. Gluttonous sympathy. So it's crazy how much we agreed. Not only Yeah, really. Agree, like on even that. on the album on a song too. Yeah. Then I don't know if I'm just weird, but some of these like songs 
hearing them. Like, I don't know if I'm envisioning, like, music videos or something, but New Mistake, it always makes me think of people on roller skates, like, skating around or something. And then uh, the Bye Bye Bye, singing Bye 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 Bye. I always think of, like, some kind of Russian, like, dancers <laughs> doing some kind of chorus line. I just think but of it, NSYNC actually singing a good oh. song. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know what song on this that I didn't like? It was the one that, as much as I love this album front to back, when I first started listening to it, it was the one dud. But now it's like I f- have found in later years way more appreciation for it is that Russian Hill song. Dude, like, I think the same way too. I was like, eh. Yeah, and then it's like now I'm yeah. like, it comes on and I'm just like, I don't know, dude. Maybe it's because, like, until, up until, you know, just maybe a few years ago, I think it was reissued on vinyl. I didn't have it on vinyl. Hmm. And so maybe I just didn't appreciate the song until I could drop the needle on the turntable and be, like, in chill mode with a drink yeah. in hand listening to it or something. But, uh, you know, prior to that, it's like I had it on CD. And so it was mm-hmm. like I listened to it in the car a lot. And so that song is obviously not like a cruising in your car kind of song, you know, yeah. make you fucking possibly fall asleep. But I definitely, yeah, that's one that has really grown on me. And I think it, that is like a true testament to a great album, too, is when so many years later, I mean, I got into this album late. I probably got yeah. into it shortly before I gave you those CDs back. Yeah. In the early 2000s. I mean, it came out, what, 95? 93. Was it? Yeah, like, I made sure I wrote it down. I'm terrible with dates, so I trust you more than I do myself. So then the debut was 91. I think it was 90. 90? Okay. Yeah, because I read something, too. I actually read that, like, maybe this is why they broke up. Uh, They spent, I think, a year making this album and went way over budget. Oh. so it probably bankrupted them, and, and then it didn't. It made more sense to break up. It didn't sell well either, too. So it's like, yeah, the label probably, like you said, just dropped them because, like, huh. hey, well, you spent so much money and you underperformed, so you have this huge what discrepancy or something like huge, huge profit loss or whatever. But uh, I don't know why. I think I've always had the dates wrong in my head. Ninety and ninety three. I always, I don't know why, in my mind, it was like 93 and 95, but yeah. what the fuck do I know? <laughs> I don't keep track of dates very well, yeah. so. Um, yeah, man, I I don't know. Now I'm kind of excited to do the third albums, now that we've yeah, banged through the, this, but. There's something I was going to say, too. The weird thing with, like, Jellyfish is, like, then, yeah, some of those guys didn't, like, you'd think that they might go on to do, like, huge things, but that Andy Sturmer just kind of dropped off the uh, yeah. base of the earth. But then what's cool is I've seen that Roger Joseph Manning, his name in a lot of stuff, like he's done stuff with Beck and Butch Walker. Yeah, he's done a lot of he's shit. He's been a lot of like a huge side guy, like piano on there albums. There was the Imperial Drag thing. Yeah. There was some, yeah, there was some cool stuff, but nothing, nothing that quite lives up to this, you know, Yeah. the masterpiece that is Built Milk or Split Milk. Yeah. Damn it! Now I have to. I actually thought of this today, and I didn't write it down. But um, 
I always thought, and I think we even mentioned it, um, that it's like Beatles and like Queen and stuff. I don't know, thrown in a blender. Uh, but I was thinking this today, because like, I went back and listened to some of it, and I was like, and I'm not really that well versed in like this guy's work. I really only know his greatest hits, but Harry Nielsen. Oh yeah, it sounds more like. They yeah. have the lyrics of Harry Nielsen and just the production of the Beatles yeah. or something. Because I never thought about that. But he's got yeah. some really wickedly clever oh, like lyrics yeah. and stuff, too. So that's what I yeah. started thinking. I'm like, maybe they've got his lyrics with the Beatles kind of like, okay, we're going to do yeah. some huge layered or queen layer and all these vocals and shit. I love Harry Nielsen, by the way. Yeah. It's so funny because I got into him. And obviously, like, way later in my adult life, not so much when I was a kid. Yeah. But the reason that I actually gave him a chance, my dad had the Nil- Nilsson Smilson. It's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you've been drinking. But <laughs> Nils- Nilsson Schmilson. I can't even say it right. Uh, anyhow, but, you know, he had that album on vinyl. I still have his copy over there on the shelf. And he looked evil you know he's like got like the vampire cape and stuff yeah. he's standing like on the stairwell and it's black and white and all dark and i would always look at that and kiss destroyer and i still don't even know why the fuck my dad had destroyer on vinyl he doesn't even like kiss i think he bought it just because of beth i think he bought it just for beth oh really yeah which is totally weak sorry dad <laughs> you're not listening anyhow but I think I've made fun of him for that before, but because <laughs> but, I would always, when I was like a teenager, hey, but probably like, a lot of people probably did back in the oh, day. That sure, was the yeah. hit, right? And so. he, you know, he'd bash me for the stuff I'd listen to, and I'd be like, you got Kiss Destroyer, <laughs> only for one goddamn song. Turn that evil satanic shit down. We didn't really. What do you want to do with your life? <laughs> yeah, we didn't, really, we didn't quite have conversations like that. Maybe kind of, I mean. I was a teenager, uh, you know, he was trying to keep me on the right track, so whatever. But, um, so I always looked at that when I was a kid, because I thought both those albums looked like evil looking, right? Like, when you're a little kid, like, Kiss looks like, what the fuck is this? And then, like, that Harry Nilsson album was like, what the fuck is, who's this dude? So I always (laughs) just assumed he had, like, a darker, crazy sound. And so years later, I get into, you know... I moved off on my own and in my early 20s. I buy a record player. I start collecting vinyl. I go to my parents' house, flip through my dad's, what he had left of his records, yeah. which wasn't very much. I think I got, like, uh, you know, two copies of the first Boston album. I don't know why, but he had two copies. Uh, the uh, His copy of Born to Run, he still had that, which... I'm glad I have that because, like, one of my earliest memories of music is hearing that album. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that I have the actual copy that I heard a thousand times when I was, like, Harry's age, you know. And then uh, what else was in there? Kiss Destroyer. I grabbed that. So I still have his copy of that. And then the Harry Nilsson. Nilsson Schmilson. <laughs> I think I'm saying it differently every time, too. But so that was when I finally listened to him. And I thought, like, man, what is this going to be? Because, you know, now I'm an adult, so I wasn't like the naive kid that thought, oh, this is going to be dark and evil. Instead, I thought, like, oh, this is going to be fucking stupid. And I think maybe, like, my first listen, I was kind of, like, so 
taken back, like, this ain't what the fuck mm-hmm. that album cover looks like, What you know. But I listened to it a few times, and there was, like, kind of these, you know, quirky song lyrics and stuff. Yeah. Like the, you're breaking my heart. That's what I was thinking, so fuck so you. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember listening to that, and it was weird because I kind of started having, like, flashbacks of, oh, fuck, I kind of think I remember this hearing this when I was a kid and kind of being like, oh, shit, Dad's playing something with bad words in it, you know? But I actually, you know, when listening to that a couple different times, I started developing, like, an appreciation for Harry and Nelson and then went back and listened to all his other stuff, and I was like, oh, shit, you know? He's got a lot of really great stuff, you know? Yeah, because that's the thing with me. Like, I didn't realize that all these people covered his, like, songs, now the lime and the coconut song. I just want to say that can go fuck itself. Like, yeah. I don't, oh yeah. I don't ever near. I don't like need to that, hear that. What is one it? Again. One is the loneliest yeah. number. That was his song, but right. you'd have heard like what Three Dog Night. Well, yeah, Three and Dog stuff. Night. Yeah. And then like, so that's how I got into that. Was Alice Cooper has this cover band, the Hollywood Vampires, and they covered one in um, Into Jump in the Fire. Oh okay. Yeah. As one song, and it's pretty cool. And I'm like, well. Who, like, wrote this? So I looked up, and that's how I found out that guy, like, all these people covered his songs. So I just jumped back that way. Yeah, he's got a lot of great songs. Uh, What was the, um, shit, was it John Foyt? What was that movie? He did that Everybody's Talking song. Oh, yeah, Um, like the Midnight Cowboy? Midnight Cowboy, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Fucking classic. I couldn't even think of Weird ass movie, anyhow, but I couldn't think of the name of it. And then, uh, what was the ballad he had the really, uh, that was on his, uh, oh, what's the album? I what can't go name? on if living was without yeah, you. Yeah, without you, yeah. 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 Yeah, see, he's got like this whole huge, huge yeah. range of songs that you can't really fit into one genre. Yeah, without you, man. That song has always got like that chorus where it's like, He's got like the boom, I can live. And he's yeah. like this big, huge. Yeah. I fucking love that song, by the way, man. That chorus yeah. is like one of the best, biggest fucking choruses like ever written. Then there's some other song. I think I listened to his greatest hits first just to hear some of those songs. And, and then that's how my mind was blown. There's even something where he wrote something for some Son of Dracula movie. And I think it's on that greatest hits. And it kind of reminds me. Of the Jason Siegel like a vampire puppet musical. Oh yeah. And I can't think of the name of the song, but it's on that greatest hits thing. Huh. Or something. But it's just some Was that weird getting Sarah Marshall? Was that on that movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it kinda reminds me of that. Like, okay, somebody's doing some kind of uh kooky kind of vampire thing. Like I'm I've got the music in my head, but it's not really I have to look it up. There. I've probably heard it. I just I'll tell you what, man, because we'll probably, uh, I imagine we'll stop recording and keep babbling on, but I don't know if, I'm not sure if everybody wants to listen to us keep, uh, yeah, talking about Harry Nielsen. Keep going on and on. I think, okay. I think the episode might officially be over once you oh, tell us the Oh, it's called Daybreak. Daybreak, okay. Daybreak, I don't know if I'm I'd have to hear it. I don't, for, I'm drawing a blank on that one, but. Yeah. Well, hey, I tell you what, man, it's been fun. Yeah, dude, this I'm is wrap fun, it up man. Because I don't, I'll try to not have a two and a half hour episode. I have no idea where we're at yeah. time-wise. We got an hour and a half. Yeah, see, that's that's pretty good. 
It's been fun, though. I, I like doing these lists, and Andy and I have kind of been brainstorming on doing some other ideas. I won't spoil any of them or jump the gun on naming them because I think we're still, you know, I basically we've got some, I think, cool Yeah, we've got ideas some cool stuff. It's not yeah. just the standard, like, top ten Metallica songs or, you know, top five sophomore albums. Like, I think we're going to try to, I don't know, come up with some other ideas, you know. And just have some fun. Yeah, just have some fucking fun. Is that so fucking bad, people? Yeah. All right, well, hey, until next time, everybody have a good uh, St. Patrick's Day. Go drink some green beer. The second album. Twelve precious melodies worth listening. Hope you enjoy them. Like if it's sung to me Listen to Twelve great tunes Playing on your stereo Dining and Dancing soon Entertain on the piano The second album Gracious melodies to listen include this number keeping you company. We're getting on the record soon, moving on an afternoon. That's on Second out.